We got the podcast audio going. That seems to be in check. Bear with me, folks. I'm sorry. We're introducing the uh, twitch.tv market on for a live stream on air on twitch.tv, and we're making sure everything's going. I got my podcast feed going up, anchor.fm, iTunes, Apple, check. That's rolling. So we're going to leave that alone. That's moving. All right, cool. So let's make sure we got this stream going. Welcome, twitch.tv. We should have started that way, <laughs> but we didn't. So it's our first uh, little screw up of the show. Hello, twitch.tv. There we go. Twitch.tv. Welcome. I'm Ivan Rodriguez. This is the Cycle Shack Podcast. Cycle Shack Podcast at gmail.com. Check it out up on top. Email the show, motorcycle-related questions. Send me pictures of your bikes, pictures of you on your bike. I don't care what it is. What's happening, everybody? Merry Christmas. It's December 25th, 2018. It's Christmas Day Eve, 7.30 p.m. That's why it's Eve, but it's still Christmas Day. We are streaming live on Twitch.tv. We are recording on Anchor.fm for the podcast, which will be also be on iTunes, on Apple, uh, and a bunch of other platforms. I want to thank our sponsors, Anchor.fm, of course, the easiest way to podcast, the only way to podcast, that's Anchor.fm and Flipboard.com. Two of the first sponsors of the show, the Cycle Shack Podcast. Hello again, everyone. I'm Ivan Rodriguez. Thanks for joining me from all the way up in the Hudson Valley in beautiful New York where it's cold, but it's not snowing, thankfully. And, uh... We got that chat room open. We're going to be checking that out. Again, we're live on twitch.tv. Took us a while to set that up. We wanted to make sure we had everything good, everything going. And uh, it's been a great year. The year end is coming. 2018 came in quick. It's going out fast, fast. It's mind-blowing. That's how quick it is. And, um, yeah, this year wasn't too bad with... uh, with the shopping, I got to say, my wife did a fantastic job. I did nothing like always. I never do anything when it comes to shopping. I mean, I try to help her out. I went out with her, I think, once to go to Walmart to pick up some thingamajig or whatever. And, um, yeah, the rest she did on her own. So, yeah, I, I had very little to do with the shopping this year. Everything, most of it was through Amazon and ordering online. You know, Amazon made out like a fat rat. I'll probably do that for the next show. For the next show, I'll probably gonna look, I'm gonna look up statistics on uh, Amazon. And uh, if anybody knows anything how how Amazon is, I know there's many different ways Amazon's making money. It's not only on this stuff. They got those Amazon mailboxes out there now. It's ridiculous. So, cyclecheckpodcast at gmail.com is the email address for uh, show info, show questions, send me pictures on your motorcycles, whatever the case may be. So, yeah, I want to do some research to see how Amazon made out with their deliveries. I know on my block alone, the, this week, I won't say this week because we're, what, on Tuesday already? Last week, I want to say from Tuesday to, to 
Friday. I must have seen the UPS truck about a dozen times a day. Ooh, excuse me. We're still getting updates on the computer as we go. Unfortunately, it's one of the computers that I have running the show. So, yeah, I must have seen UPS about a dozen times a day. Same thing with FedEx. Same thing with uh, little local delivery guys. And it turns out I found out that those little delivery guys uh, are an Amazon service. You can sign up to be a delivery driver on your own time, on your own dime with your own vehicle for Amazon and get paid like, what, 15 bucks an hour uh, for a few hours a day or whatever it is. That That's cool. You know, Amazon's making money hand over fist. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we kept it to a minimum as far as shopping in the stores. Um, I just didn't want to deal with all the hash and trash out in the stores, you know. Uh, people just pushing, shoving, you know, grabbing the last TV on sale, grabbing this, grabbing that. Black Friday was a mess. It was horrible. But, you know, I, like always, people always, you know, including myself, we, we always wait to the last minute to buy uh, gifts. So anyway, like we said, thank you, Flipboard.com, Anchor.fm for the sponsorships, and uh, welcome Twitch.tv. So again, you could check out the show at the Cycle Shack Podcast at gmail.com. Send me your email on Facebook at the Cycle Shack Podcast, and I have a link on there where you can hit to check out the webpage for the show. I won't give you the link to the I won't say it or repeat it because it's so long. But just check out on Facebook, the Cycle Shack Podcast, at the Cycle Shack Podcast. I have a link to the website there, and you can check it out. It's a blog. It's not totally updated all the time. I got to get on it. You know, I'm now starting another platform with the Twitch. I never have time for it. But, you know, slowly but surely, we'll uh, we'll update it uh, once in a while. So it's December 25th, and you know what I'm looking at? I'm looking at that we are that much closer to the motorcycle riding season because I am jonesing. I am jonesing big time to get on my bike. My Harley's sitting there real quiet outside on the battery tender next to my wife's Harley. And um, I can't wait to get out there and ride it, man. Cabin fever. fever you hear me? Cabin fever. It's the cabin fever. It's got me like that. It's got me pronouncing it that way. Uh, yeah, man, I, I, I've been jonesing. And the, the way we've been jonesing, or, or, or calming the Jonesing down as we've been Netflixing everything. Netflix has been blowing up with, with a lot of shows. Let me make sure the feed's good. All right. We got the uh, the iTunes feed is growing. Let's put, the, put this thing behind me. This, this recorder back there behind me is for the iTunes. And uh, I got the computer set up for the Twitch TV. So anyway, yeah, man, we've been, uh, we've been settling the Jones to ride. With Netflix to combat cabin fever. And Netflix is blowing up, man. They they took a lot of things. I think this December they took out uh, Sons of Anarchy. I wanted to watch Sons of Anarchy again. The whole full complete season just cause. And then uh, flow it right into uh, Mayans MC. They got rid of... Uh, they got rid of it. So no more Sons of Anarchy on Netflix. But that's okay because I think... Uh, Amazon Prime TV is picking them up, so you can watch it that way. I'll, I'll, I'll probably check it out that way. But uh, one show that we started watching that we were waiting for it to air, it aired on Friday. Me and my wife, Saturday morning, well, like not Saturday morning, I think it was Saturday afternoon. We wound up watching it. It was called. It was with Sandra Bullock, her new uh, Netflix movie, Bird Box. 
That was awesome. That was pretty good, man. I won't give you any spoilers, but it, it's it's crazy. The the uh, whole thing in the movie was uh, some kind of spiritual being or some kind of, I don't know, entity was uh, whisking in the wind and just making people see their worst fears and making people kill themselves. There was a movie like that that came out years ago with John Leguizamo. It, was, it was, had something to do with the trees, though. The trees were letting off some kind of chemical or some kind of toxin that when the humans breathed it in, it made them want to commit suicide. So that's what something like this was, but it was some kind of entity that if you, the only way to avoid it is by closing your eyes and blindfolding yourself to not look at it. But it was just crazy. Check it out. It's called Bird Box with Sandra Bullock. Uh, another thing I watched over the weekend, I just finished watching the episodes last night with my wife, was uh, with uh, actually one of the stars of Sons of Anarchy, Kim Coates, and uh, what is it, the... Uh, the Australian-Italian guy, Anthony LaPaglia, Bad Blood. It's about the uh, the mob in Montreal, Canada, and their uh, uprising back in the 90s and how they had things controlled. It was pretty good. It was called Bad Blood. Again, Kim Coates and the uh, the Australian-Italian, Anthony LaPaglia. He's he's a character to look at because uh, yeah, I, I, I wanted to count how many times he was screwing up the accent, but uh, it was weird. He sticks his mouth out like this. When he talks, it's like something he has to do to keep the, the American accent flowing. But uh, it is what it is. Another thing I checked out over the weekend that well, I read on the internet, the interweb, on my phone, uh, HBO boxing is now history. I didn't know that. It came up as uh, something on my phone I was reading. And when I, when, when I noticed that it said HBO boxing is gone, I'm like, what? And I found out I'm late to the game. HBO Boxing closed up in uh, September, but um, well, they announced it in September, and I think the last fight was uh, October something, and that's it. No more boxing on HBO. How crazy is that? That is sick. All the best fights I've ever seen were on HBO Boxing. HBO Boxing After Dark, those were some good fights. There was some good fighting. Gotti Ward, Arturo Gotti. Arturo Thunder Gaddy, may God rest his soul because he's passed away, against Irish Mickey Ward. The three battles that they had were on HBO Boxing, and I saw all three of them. They were wars. They wound up being best friends. Best boxing I ever seen was on HBO Boxing. They also hosted the, a lot of the pay-per-views, so let's see what happens. That's definitely history in itself. I was also reading at the same time that uh, California is, uh, you know, leave it up to California to come up with crazy stuff with the marijuana legalization and all that other stuff. They, uh, they, they announced that they want to implement a new tax. I'm going to see if I can bring this up here. I read this on USA Today. Let me just make sure I don't uh, mess myself up here. This came out December 13th on USA Today. The article was by a reporter named Dalvin Brown. Just want to give him the credit where credit is due. No, I don't want to see the video. I just want to read the report. All right, so... The state of California hopes to raise over $40 million annually by adding a surcharge. Ready? For texting, 
text time, a surcharge. So every time you send a, a text, they want to charge you. That's smart. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but that's smart because they took something like marijuana, legalized it, and taxed the living daylights out of it. So they're making money hand over fist. Now they want to take something that people use the most, the, the, the cell phone. So every time you send a text, they're going to charge you a tax. That's crazy. That is crazy. But it's smart. It's, it's a way to make money. Uh, it's almost criminal. I feel they shouldn't. There's so many fees that you pay on cell phones alone, all these hidden fees. You know, I, I would say that let the, that fee go to the cell phone company, but you know what? That's going to happen, right? Cell phone companies going to charge you more money, in essence. So it's crazy. It says the, uh, the proposal is partially due to landline era legislation coupled with the fact that people are shifting patterns away from voice calls in favor of texting. That's nobody's business. California is determining whether surcharges and user fees on text messaging comply with public purpose programs, which use tax revenue to make telecommunication services accessible to low-income residents. The programs, which date to the 1930s, were given a facelift in the 1990s, allowing individual states to impose requirements to preserve what's referred to as universal service during the rise of of the internet, the telecommunications industry was able to elude these taxes by offering information services like email, web browsing. Whatever. It says here, it goes on to say, however, as a mobile phone, as mobile phone users shift their behavior away from making phone calls, voice revenue for these state programs has dropped about a third from 16.5 billion in 2011 to 11.3 billion in 2017 according to law filings so i don't know man the government's looking to make money hand over fist with everything man that is crazy that is not good no bueno no bueno well <laughs> while california's uh trying to charge you tax for uh using your cell phone Check this out. Vitamin water. Let me bring up that article. Vitamin water is offering people $100,000 if they could stay away from their phone for exactly one year, 365 days. This article surfaced also by Megan. What is this name? Lionheart? No. Leonhart. Megan Leonhart. December 13th. CNBC.com. It says there, Vitamin Water is offering $100,000 if you can stay off your smartphones for a year. Right. Let's see how that goes. It goes on to say, could you actually ditch your smartphone for a year? Vitamin Water wants to find out and it's willing to part with $100,000 if someone can rise to the challenge. That's it. That seems a bit cheap, man. A hundred grand. Not a lot of money. Uh, to enter the contest, you need to submit a post on Twitter or Instagram. 
including the hashtags no phone for a year and hashtag contest and outline what you do if you couldn't swipe or scroll for a year. The deadline to enter is January 8th, 2019. The company will select the contestant around January 22nd, according to the latest contest rules. And give them a 1996 era cell phone for the next year. So you're going to have a cell phone. You're going to be able to flap your gums, maybe text if you want to double and triple, you know, the old school style with the flip phones. Uh, I could only assume it's a 1996 Woo, that's over 20-something years. Yeah, that was one of those gas station throwaway phones <laughs> for the next year. If you get chosen, you can't use any smartphones or tablets at all, even those belonging to other people, but you can use laptops and desktop computers. Devices like Google Home and Amazon Echo are okay also. If you can go a full year carrying around something like what Cher used in the iconic teen comedy Clueless, you will win $100,000 if you last six months, you'll get $10,000. Wow. Oh, okay. So they're going to give you one of those... uh yeah, like those gas station OmniPoint cell phones that you used to pull up the antenna and it had a little wobbly antenna with a big blob of plastic up on the top. How crazy is that? How crazy is that? Well, it is what it is. What are you going to do? They're going to find a way to do something. To, I don't know. People are crazy. $100,000, that doesn't seem like a lot of money. Two hundred and fifty thousand. That'd be good, right? Vitamins, vitamin water's got the cash. They got the scratch. Uh, what else we got here? So I've been uh, to the Twitch followers. I've been flapping my gums a lot about the uh, taxes that uh, are being imposed on steel and aluminum, which is costing us a fortune and goods being you know bought and sold in and out the country cars you know it started out as a rant on motorcycles and harley davidson and how they have to go overseas you know they're not taking their plant overseas they were making a plant overseas so that they can hit that market and avoid the high taxes to get out the country to sell those bikes but anyway Car manufacturers are suffering the same thing or any manufacturer of goods involving steel or aluminum. It's going to cost more. So apparently China, according to the Washington Post, China decided to suspend the tariff on U.S. autos and auto parts. Now, that doesn't help us. According to the Washington Post, I'm going to wait for this to load up. All right. It goes on to show here that uh, December 14th, this article came out, and it's by Anna Fifield. if I'm pronouncing that correctly. If I'm not, I'm sorry. And again, 
She's a reporter for the Washington Post, and she goes on to say that China temporarily suspends increased tariffs on U.S. vehicles and auto parts. Now, I don't know if this was something because Chevy was starting to do their thing. Ford had already done their thing. They were just getting rid of jobs. Chevy not only is getting rid of, uh, what is it, 14,000, 18,000 positions, but they're shutting down up to five, up to five plants here in the U.S. alone. Okay? Um, this doesn't help us, and I'm going to tell you why. China took a step forward, extending its truce with Trump, with the Trump administration on Friday, and this is past tense, of course, announcing that it would temporarily suspend punitive tariffs imposed on American-made cars and auto parts as the U.S.-Chinese trade war ramped up. But the gesture was somehow somewhat hollow, analysts said, as the tariffs will simply return to their July level. So here's the thing. I think this is only going to be for 90 days. What does that do for us? You know what I mean? That doesn't do nothing. Doesn't do anything. 90 days, it has to be permanent or it has to be a few years because the reason why we pay so much for cars nowadays is because steel and aluminum is so expensive. We got to import this stuff and most of it comes from China. So it, it, it makes no sense to suspend these taxes for 90 days. What's that doing? Yeah, it says here at the meeting in Buenos Aires, Trump gave. See, a 90-day reprieve from further increased taxes already imposed $200 billion worth of Chinese exports. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. They agreed uh, 90 days. That does nothing. It does nothing for us. So it, 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 it does something for companies shipping things to and from, but it's not long enough to... Drive down the cost of automobiles, trucks, motorcycles, anything made of steel or aluminum, period. So, I don't know, man. To me, this isn't a good gesture. Um, it's stepping in the right direction, but it's a joke. It's really a joke. What, they, what, they, what has to happen is we got to bring the steel industry back here to the U.S. We need to open up Pittsburgh again. I know that sounds very cliche, but we got to do it. We have to. We're not, you know, just think of what you pay for a compact car nowadays, okay? For a little Toyota Corolla, you're paying almost 20 grand. I remember not too long ago, these cars were, what, 13 grand, 14 grand? An economy car. You know, for a kid going to college or something, the used car market is, is, is flooded with people looking for good used cars. Good used cars are hard to come by because that's what everybody's buying nowadays. It's getting to the point that like Chevy and Ford and all these guys are uh they're taking vehicles off the lot and they're they're dying for them to come back at twenty thousand, forty, you know, anything under forty thousand so that they can sell it as a used car and it still holds a high value. Okay? That's the problem. That's what kills me. So it's really 90 days. It, it's really not doing much. And it, it kind of pisses me off. It's something something better has got to be done. For motorcycles, right now Harley-Davidson was facing the European tax. The European tax is 30%. That's not including the whatever percentage 
to import steel and aluminum into the U.S. for Harley-Davidson to manufacture a motorcycle, okay, to then export the bike to Europe for an additional 30% tax on top of that. India wants to charge an almost 50% tax on top of that. They're losing money hand over fist. You know, we wind up paying more, but motorcycles are different. People will turn around and say, well, you know what? I just don't need a motorcycle or I'll go out and buy a used one, which is way, way cheaper. But it's still 90 days for this. Not enough. It's a joke. So Trump, you better get those gums a flapping and get something going. Neither here nor there. This ain't a political rant. This isn't pro or against Trump. Right is right. Let's make it right. Uh, into the motorcycle world. You got uh, the best cruiser for 2018, according to Apple News. I say Apple News because I got an Apple phone. I got an iPhone. One of the best phones out there, the iPhone. Okay? I don't don't like using a a phone that's almost like an explosive device in my ear for you Android users. So, all right. According to Cycle World, one of the best motorcycles for 2018 was a Harley Davidson. The best cruiser was a 2018 Harley Davidson Fat Bob 114 with modern style and handling. According to Cycle World, it was the hands down best cruiser for 2018. I got to agree. I got to agree. All right, we're uh, going into some kind of overload here. According to what I'm being told here on my notes. So, right here. The Fat Bob, Harley-Davidson's push to reinvent itself is embodied in the pure American muscle of the 2018 Fat Bob 114. I'm going to have to take this to another platform here because, all right, my equipment's starting to lag here, and we don't want to lag. Okay, so I'm going to take it to another uh, level here. So, this article, by the way, was a uh, Cycle World magazine, and it was by uh, Jordan Mastagni. I don't know, man. I got a what a what a weird thing. Every article that I've looked at here was printed on December thirteenth or the fourteenth. Excuse me, making myself a little comfortable here. I got to get a little longer uh, headphone jack here. How we doing on iTunes there? We're doing good. So, again, Harley-Davidson's push to reinvent itself is embodied in the pure American muscle of the 2018 Fat Bob 114. 
The Fat Bob was completely redesigned along with Harley Davidson's entire soft tail lineup. So a model that was once a twin shock rubber engine mount Dyna platform became a monoshock solid mount Milwaukee 8 powered performance cruiser. Awesome looking bike, by the way. Uh, I I didn't, you know, when I went and did the test run for the... uh, the Fat Bob, I couldn't actually get on the Fat Bob because everybody was jumping on the Fat Bob bandwagon. So I couldn't get the test ride one. So instead I test rode the new uh, Fat Boy. Um, the Fat Boy and the Road Glide. Awesome. The Fat Boy I wasn't too impressed with. It was kind of an uncomfortable ride. And um, I don't know, it just felt small. It is what it is. The Road Glide, best bike I ever rode. Now, don't mention that. I have a Street Glide. So let's not say that too loud. It's resting. But I think the next bike I'm going to get will be a Road Glide. I wasn't too fond at first of that shark fin fairing with the dual headlights. But I got to tell you, man, the performance and the handling, that 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 fixed mounted fairing, awesome for high-speed riding, for, for long-distance riding, beautiful. So it goes on to say that the Dyna Faithful were a little shocked, but for the rest of us, everything was gained. How so? A rock-solid chassis with an excellent fork and shock dampening, increased cornering clearance, more responsive steering, and a reduced weight to result in surprisingly capable handling. You'd never expect a motorcycle with this brawling, with this brawler's 16-inch wheel stance and beefy rubber 150-80 front, 180-70 rear to be so nimble especially considering the 670-pound no-fuel-weight record recorded on the CW scale, Cycle World scale. While the entire 2018 soft-tail lineup got new suspension, the Fat Bob was the only one to come up, oh, to come equipped with an inverted 43-millimeter show-off fork set at a sporty 28-degree rake. Nice bike. I'm still dying to test ride it. I know someone who got it and they love it. Uh, They always buy me all the time when we ride, but that's okay. So it's good to see that at least with, you know, Harley slumping a little bit, uh, they were given the best cruiser for 2018, at least according to Cycle World magazine. So that's a cool thing. That's cool. So... Let me bring my notes back up here. Uh, So let's get rid of this since I'm looking at my notes from another source. Uh, So Harley Davidson, it's no secret. Their stock has gone down even more. Um, is it time to start worrying about Harley? Maybe, maybe, um, overall, they don't think it is. A lot of investors don't, according to what I read, but it's going to be an interesting quarter because the fourth quarter result was horrible. Um, I think the fourth quarter result was released, uh, about two weeks ago and they didn't do too great. (coughs) Excuse me. They went down into the double digits as far as sales. And uh, 
it's not looking too great for Harley Davidson. Let's just put it that way. So the future of the company, this year's got to be the year. It's got to be the year for the turnaround. They can't afford to go into the high double digits as far as what they're losing. They are continuing their sales in the used motorcycle market, but their new motorcycle market, they're not appealing to the youth anymore. And the baby boomers are moving out. Um, I myself, you know, I'm in my 40s and I got a bagger. But if I had my way, I'd have a secondary bike. And that secondary bike would be a, a bobber of some kind or uh, some kind of a 1200 sports or a Dyna. The... The younger generation just doesn't want these expensive bikes, and Harley's got to do something with pricing. So I can go on and on about this forever, and uh, I've had so many rants about this in the past that, you know, it is what it is. But this has to be the year that Harley has to make some kind of a small turnaround in some way, or else they're going to be really hurting really bad. And um, let's see what happens. So... According to Barons.com, Harley-Davidson, according to the survey that conducted, sales are going through the floor. This is by Bill Alpert of Barons.com, December 20th. It wasn't December 13th like everything else. No lucky 13th for me. So, sales of Harley-Davidson motorcycles this year are falling even faster than expected, according to a survey of the company's dealers by UBS analysts retail sales of the bike in 2018 could be down by double digit percentages report the analyst Robin Farley and Arpine Cochrane hey, you know what <laughs> I'm going to move on that's worse than the 8.5% drop in 2017 and would represent the fourth quarter consecutive year of falling U.S. retail sales for Harley. So, what does this mean? I don't know. I just know that Harley needs to do something quick, fast, and in a hurry. Or else they're going to be in pain. Before they start losing some major, major investors. So let's see what happens with that. I got another article here that says, uh, is it time to worry about Harley? This is by The Motley Fool. Now, not everything you can read in The Motley Fool is completely accurate. Uh, this is by Rich Dupree of The Motley Fool, printed December 25th. Today, 7.15 a.m., is it time to panic over Harley-Davidson, they go to say. The bike maker is facing pressure from all over. Harley-Davidson may be in, a panic, in panic mode as the end of the year looms. Analysts at research firm UBS say that their channel checks show declined. Oh, the channel checks showed the decline in motorcycle sales is accelerating. Those analysts are forecasting double-digit drop for the for the full year. 
And because fourth quarter is typically the slowest period for the bike maker and sales are already in a tailspin, it's become a question of just how bad the decline will be. So, Harley has made it clear that growth in foreign markets is where it's placing its bet on future growth. It wants international sales to become half of its total volume. I don't know about that, but let's see. And the roadmap it laid out this past summer puts a lot of emphasis on India as a key to making this happen. Now, I don't know. India has a lot of new, uh, a lot of small motorcycles. And I think what Harley did was that they sent the street and sports lines over there. And uh, goes on to say here, many of the newer, the new smaller motorcycles will be releasing, will be releasing in the next few years for in the Indian market. Harley cites data showing sales of motorcycles with engine displacements between uh, my phone rang in my hand as I was reading an article. How tacky is that? (laughs) Anyway, Harley cites data showing sales of motorcycles with engine displacements between 250 cubic centimeters and 500 cc will grow at a compounded rate of 25% annually between 2017 and 2020 and plans to introduce motorcycles in that size bracket within the next two years. Right now, it's feeling the competitive pressure from India's leading motorcycle maker, Royal Enfield, which introduced two 650 motorcycles recently, the Interceptor and the Continental, that are challenging what has been Harley's most popular bike in the market, the Street 750. Let me tell you something. Not a lot of people were truly impressed with the Street 750. I don't have anything bad to say about it other than it's fairly new. Hasn't been out there that long. Uh, It's been out there since 2015. It's going on four years. Um, We personally had one. It was my wife's, and the engine died. The engine died. It just stopped working. It only had, well, roughly a few hundred miles on it. It actually broke down on us in front of a Harley-Davidson dealer that was closed on Easter Sunday. We went out for an Easter Sunday ride because it was beautiful. We rode out to Hudson Valley Harley, which is several miles away on the Palisades Parkway. Palisades Parkway is a two-lane beautiful ride through some mountains of upstate, uh, not too far from Bear Mountain, heading towards the city. But we didn't go all the way to the city. We went into Rockland County, which is near the bridge, and uh, got out. We rode to Hudson Valley Harley, taking a chance that they would be open just to look around. We always like stopping at Harleys and looking, looking around about. Uh, it was closed, but... Lo and behold, we went to jump back on the bike and dead. Had to get it towed back home. Come to find out the engine went dead. Harley Davidson themselves. uh, The dealer was on the phone with Milwaukee trying to figure this out and they couldn't get it going. So Harley said, well, we'll ship you a new engine. Put a brand new engine on it, zero miles. My wife said, "Uh uh-uh, the bike's got the mojo. Don't want it. That's one thing I got to say about Harley. Customer service at this dealership near me, they emphasize on it. They said, no problem. 
we'll get you on a bike and you won't be paying more for it. And sure enough, they got her on a bike. She loves her Sportster. She's got the uh, 2017 Sportster Iron 883. Beautiful bike. I love it. I, I want it. Don't tell her that. She'll probably see this and find out. But I want that bike. You can do so much with that bike. It's unbelievable. But it's a nice bike. She's happy with it. So anyway, let's hope uh, Harley Davidson does their thing. And um, they survive. So, all right, we're doing good on the uh, on the podcast end with iTunes. That sucker's still running. As long as it's running, it's good. We're running. That's good. So, uh, the 2019 Kawasaki Cruisers have been released. Um, not much going on with Kawasaki. Their cruisers are pretty much looking the same. They don't look much different than the 2018 cruisers or the 2017 cruisers or the 2016 cruisers or maybe the 2015 cruisers. Uh, I don't know. You got to check them out. Um, the new bikes have dropped, but Kawasaki remains, Kawasaki cruisers remain mostly unchanged, according to Motorcycle Cruiser Magazine. MotorcycleCruiser.com. Uh, by this is by Carlos Cintilla, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And the article goes on to read: Now that the dust has settled and the biggest of the international moto show have wrapped up with manufacturers revealing most of their new models, we can better survey who's got what in their lineups for the 2019 model year. It looks like Kawasaki's got the same old crap. I wouldn't call them crap because they're very good bikes. I had one. I've had a. I had a Vulcan, awesome bike. I had a, a Vulcan Nomad, a Vulcan seventeen hundred Nomad, great bike, no complaints. Same engine, same looking bike as the Vaquero Kawasaki Vaquero. Beautiful bike. But uh, it's just something about the uh, single oil tranny you know those you know the the all the foreign bikes including the victory which is american and i think the indian is the same way you know harley's the only bike that has an engine a separate primary and a separate transmission and it has all three fluids to do you know you got transmission fluid in the transmission primary fluid in the primary engine oil in the engine and they all do their independent function and to me that's so much smoother with these engines, okay, that come in victory, uh, I think, Indian, I could be wrong. And in all these foreign bikes, it's one oil does it all because it's all built into one case. The engine, the primary, and the transmission are all in one case. So if something breaks, you got to pull the it from the bike. Um, that's not to say you can't do that from a Harley, but for a Harley, but... The bottom line is, is one oil does it all. And to me, for some reason, I never found, I've had a Honda, I've had a Kawasaki, I've had a, uh, a Suzuki, and it was all the same thing. They vibrate a little bit more, and it's not as smooth a ride as a Harley. I didn't say they were bad rides. I just said they not, they're not as smooth of a ride. I enjoyed my Kawasaki. I had a, uh, 
the Boulevard C90, okay, which was the intruder. The intruder, intruder, there we go with the computer noises again. Jeez. The Boulevard C90, which was the interceptor, I think it was, uh, 1500. Was it the interceptor? What? Why do I think that's the wrong name? Intruder 1500, I'm sorry. I had an Intruder 1500, which was the Boulevard C90. Great bike. It was easy to ride. I used to curve the heck out of that bike and grind my pedals because it was just so easy. Um, But it still had that uncomfortable vibration. It's not that it didn't ride good. It's just different. I, I, I can't explain it. When I got on a Harley, I was like, whoa, it's like riding on a cloud. You know, everybody always made fun of Harleys. When you stop, they would shake. They shake. They have the Harley shake. And that's true. They don't anymore with the 2017 Milwaukee lineup. That pretty much dissipated. But before 2017, before Milwaukee 8 came around, Harleys would vibrate when they were stopped, when they were at idle, when you were at a light, when you were firing up the bike before you took off. Oh, potato, 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 potato. Uh, but once you took off, it was like on being on a cloud. The shifting was smooth as can be, butter. Uh, with, with with these bikes, with the one oil does it all, wasn't the same. The shifting was not as smooth, a little clanky and clunkier. And again, it, 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 it's not that it hindered the performance. It's just at higher speeds, it vibrated a little bit more. So it made it a little bit more erratic. It wasn't that it was an uncomfortable ride. It was just a little unsteady. But for the most part... Um, Just explaining that. Why I explained that, I don't even remember. I went far off the conversation, the topic. But anyway, um, Kawasaki focused its new bike spotlight this year on the adventure touring categories. Okay. So I'm looking at the Vulcan S. You can check out MotorcycleCruiser.com. Or just go to Kawasaki and look at their 2019 lineup. The Vulcan S, same as last year. No real changes. The Vulcan 900 Classic, same. No changes. The Vulcan 900 Classic LT, same. No changes at all. I'm staring at the bike right now. No changes. So you know what? Kawasaki does not have a 1500 anymore, I don't think. It only goes up to 900. The Vulcan Custom, even it even has the same color scheme. The Vaquero 1700, that's the, the big boy of the Kawasaki lineup. And that's it. Oh, I'm sorry. The Vulcan Voyager which is the Vaquero with a trunk and a windscreen, a big windscreen. So nothing's changed, and that's okay. I guess Kawasaki looked at it as why change a good thing three years in a row, four years in a row, right? But you know, I can't rag on them too bad. They were a good bike. It was the last bike I had before I went into Harley. I had the, uh, the Vulcan 1700 Nomad. And um, I took a test ride on a Harley. First off, it was when my wife had her Harley Street. And when we did this swap from the, I think, the street to the Sportster, 
I don't remember, but bottom line was, no, she got the street. She got the street. I uh, started looking into the Sportster, and what happened was we had to do something with paperwork. We had to go back. We had the bike already, but they needed a favor and needed us to redo a piece, portion of the paperwork just because it just had something on it that, you know, the bank just wanted redone, some ink issue on the paper, whatever. So we went back just to put a signature on another copy of something, and sure enough, I saw a bike staring at me. It was a 2008 Harley uh, Electroglide Ultra Classic. The anniversary, the gold anniversary one. Beautiful bike. Beautiful bike. And then I took it for a test run. and It was all over. I had to take it home with me. I took that bad boy home. And I, you know what? You know what sucked? That I had that Vulcan... Voyager 1700, pristine. We had got it. I got the Harley in August. I got the Voyager, the Vulcan, I'm sorry, in February of that same year because my wife surprised me for my birthday with it. I went to go pick it up in a dealership in Connecticut. We made a day of it. And I was shocked because she got me a bike that was fairly new. My goal, I always had used bikes. And I'm like, nah, I'm tired of used stuff, always fixing and repairing them. I want, to, I want to, if not brand new bike, a close to new bike, something pristine. And sure enough, she got one for me. She surprised me on my birthday. Um, and I felt bad, but you know what? She saw the look on my face and said, go for it. <laughs> you know? And I did. And I, you know what? Once you go Harley, you never go back, man. I'm telling you. Uh, <laughs> you got to try it. But a year later, I'm now on a Harley-Davidson um, Ultra Limited Low. Beautiful bike. 2016. Got no complaints. You only live once, right? And um, I don't know. You got to try it. So, not much with the 2019 Kawasaki Cruisers. Not a lot of changes. The one thing that did do... Did did change significantly is Triumph. They came out with the new Triumph Rocket. Uh, the Rocket 3, as a matter of fact, launched. It's a nice-looking bike. It's a beefy, muscular-looking bike. I don't like those Triumph engines, though. I don't like the way they look. Um, eh, it is what it is. Triumph will release an all-new Rocket 3 in 2019. And the styling and spec suggest it will be a serious weapon aimed at kicking Ducati's new Diavel squarely in the V-twin. So, they did it to compete with Ducati's bike. Let's see what happens. You got to check it out. It's on MotorcycleNews.com. Or just go to Triumph.com and check out the all-new Triumph Rocket 3, the 2019 version. Not a bad bike. Um... I'm not sure if it says uh, it'll deliver in excess of 180 bhp. Hmm. It's got a 2.5 liter inline triple engine. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a fan of those uh, Triumph engines. But we shall see. Until I see one whiz by me on the highway, 
We will see. What else we got? Nice little article here about SNS. Uh, they donated V twin engines. That's cool. Hotbikeweb.com. The article's by Brian Harley. How ironic. It's printed December 13th. I want to play the number 13 somehow, in some way, shape, or form. SNS Cycle donates engines, then teaches V-Twin 101 to local high school. Well, that's cool. Because I wish when I was in high school we had something like that going. Helping spread the love of V-Twins with its own community. Again, this is by HotBikeWeb.com, and it's by Brian Harley. And it goes on to say, when Kevin Boss reached out to David Zelma about securing some seconds engines for the chopper class Boss teaches at Bloomington, Minnesota's Kennedy High School, it sparked an idea with SNS Cycles VP of Marketing. Why not do something like that closer to home, Zelma wondered. Viroqua High School is a little over 20 minutes away from SNS Cycles headquarters in Viola. The small community lies in the Wisconsin's driftless region, and according to the Viroqua Chamber Main Street, is one of the greatest organic farming areas in the U.S. under the guidance of Bill Hanna and the high school's shop class in a student favorite and covers a broad spectrum of subjects from small engines to drywall and basic electrical. You can now add V-Twin 101 to its syllabus. To kickstart the high school program, SNS donated seven complete engines and stands. The company also provided a curriculum and came in two times a week to help teach the students, headed by resident SNS cycle instructor Kevin Bartz. That's cool. Before working at SNS, I was an instructor at a technical school that focused on the motorcycle industry, so helping with this program was an easy transition, Bart said. For almost 14 students, uh, oh, I'm sorry, for almost a month, 14 students learned the principles of the internal combustion in the hands-on program, breaking the V-twins down to the cases, putting them back together again. That is cool. That's what we need most of. You know what? They should offer this in like BOCES, right? They have automotive, but they should offer motorcycle in BOCES. That would be great. Good motorcycle mechanics are hard to find, man. And a lot of people think, and you know what? I'm partial to Harleys. A lot of people think, oh, you go to Harley, they, they know everything. No. You can't always trust your Harley Davidson mechanic at your local Harley Davidson dealer. I trust mine. Um, they happen to do good by us. But that's not to say that every Harley da- Harley Davidson dealer has a great mechanic. Okay, but that this was a good thing. Glad to see that happening. And on a final note, you know, every year there's a ride to Washington D.C. called Rolling Thunder, and that ride has to do with veterans. This is as per. NBCWashington.com 
says that Rolling Thunder 2019 will be its last Rolling Thunder. This article is by Erica Jones. <laughs> December 13th it was printed. Look at that. But anyway, uh, after more than 30 years, Rolling Thunder will end its annual ride that brings thousands of bikers to Washington, D.C. to honor military members. Uh, after more than 30 years, Rolling Thunder will end its ride that brings thousands of bikers to D.C. to honor its military members each year. The last ride will be May 2019. That's sad. That sucks. Especially when it's something that's been done for years. Tens of thousands of motorcyclists from around the country took part in the parade to mark the Memorial Day weekend and to pay a tribute to those missing in action and prisoners of war. Uh, tens of thousands of motorcyclists from around the world, from around the country, excuse me, took part in the parade to mark Memorial Day weekend and pay tribute to those missing in action or prisoners of war. A Marine salutes bikers the annual well they got to go on here as uh as the bikers go by you got a marine in his dress blues saluting all the bikers going by and um uh, hmm. apparently 2019 will be the last year and it has to do with uh funding pretty much I'm trying to get to the meat and potatoes of this but it's not really it keeps repeating itself for some reason I think there's a malfunction here with the uh, with this article. But anyway, it has to do with funding, the funds that they raise to host this. Uh, it's thousands of riders. They need police escorts, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it takes money, a good amount of money to pay for all this stuff. They pretty much closed down Washington, D.C. for the day when all these bikers ride into the capital, uh, to the nation's capital. And I know there are bikers that come from all over. So... Hopefully they can raise the funds. Hopefully there'll be some kind of charity thing going on to raise funds to make it happen. So that's sad. So that's all I got this week. Hope you guys enjoyed it. It's just me flapping my gums about bikes and anything in general. Just general related topics. You can email me at the Cycle Shack Podcast at gmail.com. Or go to the Facebook page at the Cycle Shack Podcast and leave me some comments. Send me photographs of your bikes. I'll put them up on the Facebook page. Uh, again, send me topics. I'll talk about anything. I stay away from politics and religion. But for the most part, I'll pretty much talk about anything. So that's it. That's all I got this week. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget, check us out. Twitch.tv, thank you. And uh, thank you, Anchor.fm, for sponsoring, as well as Flipboard.com. Anchor.fm is the host sponsor and the host platform for the Cycle Shack podcast. The easiest way to podcast, that's Anchor.fm. Thank you again. Thanks a lot, everybody. We'll probably see you after the new year because that's when the next podcast will happen. So take care. Be safe if you're riding somewhere where it's warm. I hate your guts. See you later.
Oh, look at that. I still kept the... Uh... <laughs> All right, so everybody on iTunes and Anchor.fm got a bonus. I kept the audio going. My jaws were flapping. All right, folks, thanks for joining us.